gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. And welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retreat Central, where we also can't believe that Kim and Kanye are set to divorce. I know, I was shocked too. I was shocked too, but enough about that. Back to the wrestling, as the Ryans would say. Don't forget to check out the feature show. We had a really, really good one earlier this week where we said, what's up? And Kwaku rapped and sang what's up to our truth go and check that one out go check out the youtube channel hundreds of content over there other shows include saturday draft live with those bozos over there east meets west with that lunatic grand mcrobbie who is a lunatic a lunatic all right i just want to clarify that all right first and foremost here on this show go and check us out on social media we like to hear from you all right, we like to hear what your opinion is. It's all right us saying and speaking into the void, but tell us what you think. Get to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'd love to hear from each and every single one of you. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead here. She's back. She's back with a bang and she's coming for you. Um, it's been a wee minute, but the Bath Bomb Princess has finally returned to the ESSR airwaves. Sarah, how are you doing? I am doing very, very well today. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. We're, I'm happy to have you back. What's, what, how was your holiday season? How was it? All good? I mean, I was stuck doing uni work. <laughs> so yeah. it was stressful, but the, the work for psychology has definitely paid off. I've passed psychology and yeah. hopefully get my filming media and sociology stuff back soon. Yeah, I think that, you know, work in psychology is required for dealing with the amount of lunatics on this podcast, particularly Grant McRobbie, as I've said. Um, but <laughs> then we go on to the man who, you know, Stephen Wilson put out a nice tweet. In these hard times, he's trying to make people smile. And he did that with his intro um, on the R-Truth show, which is why I didn't even try and compete here. I, I, I was just like, I'm just going to do nice, plain intros, because we've had all the crazy we need this week. Quacker, how are you doing? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. How are you doing? <laughs> Hey, I'm all right. Thank you very much for asking. I'm oh, looking on. forward I, to it. I think you've got some sick rhymes underneath your <laughs> cravat. <laughs> My name is the goat, and I'm the man. I can't wait to beat Grant. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the first piece of news uh, we're going to talk about today is my favourite topic and yours. It is Japanese wrestling. Yep. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> recently had uh, a, a huge weekend, I've been, I've been led to believe. Um, they had uh, Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. Before I butcher anything, before I get banned uh, from talking in this podcast ever again by Stephen Wilson, I'm going to hand you over to Sarah Grieve, who legitimately knows what she's talking about when it comes to this. So, Sarah, over to you, what happened in New Japan over this weekend? I mean, it's the start of the year where like, New Japan have been putting on the like the big shows and everything, but they only have the one big granddaddy of the year, um, which last year they split into two nights and they continued it this year um, with Wrestle Kingdom 15. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on. I mean, you had a tag team title tournament that came from the winners of Tag League um, in the Gorillas of Destiny. I like them. On, uh, do you know who the Gorillas of Destiny are, yeah? Tamatonga, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Tamatonga like and Tagaloa. Uh, yeah, and they were taking on like Dangerous Techers uh, in right. the team of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. with Doki at ringside. Um, so like that was, that was a good match as well for the tag team titles, which obviously 
I, I won't diverge too much into it just because um, East meets West will go further into it um, whether or not they invite me to actually talk about it it's another story so <laughs> yeah that, that ended up with the Grails of Destiny um, once again IWGP uh, Tag Team Champions but the they, they may put you in the pre-show like the stardom match <laughs> I mean with all fairness with all fairness stardom are the only women's promotion in Japan um, and they do have like they're the sister promotion yeah. of New Japan uh, so I was, I was just being I, I can't <laughs> pronounce the term but I was just saying David you'll tell me what it is <laughs> <laughs> it was a great attempt to crack you <laughs> I rap um, badly not say big words <laughs> uh, but yeah no the actual show kicked off itself at 7 o'clock in the morning for us which is not the worst time to sit and watch a wrestling show. I mean, I asked Daniel, would you prefer to wake up at 7 to watch a show or stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning? And we both agreed getting up at 7 is probably a better thing to do because then at least you can go back to bed if you wanted or you're up for the day. Um, But last year, Kazuchi Okada went and um, put forward a sort of tournament of some sort uh, with various stipulations called the King of Pro Wrestling. So the provisional champion that finished off 2020 uh, was Toro Yano, who's one of my favourites because he's really, really funny. <laughs> and they had a 21-man Royal Rumble match. It's called the New Japan Rambo Ooh. match, um, which they, it would determine who was going to challenge for the provisional trophy because you don't actually become champion until the very end of the year. So you're just the provisional King of Pro Wrestling up until that very final match. So. It was a 21-man sort of Royal Rumble-style match, but you can lose by pinfall, submission, uh, disqualification, count-out, or getting thrown over the top rope. So, and then the last four men were going to advance to a fatal four-way match that were going to be happening on night two. Um, so, like, some of the names that you had part of um, that was, like, you had, like, Bad Luck Fally, you had Chase Owens from Bullet Club starting off. Uh, you had uh, the Young Lions, who um, we had Suji, Gabe Kidd, and unfortunately I can't remember the last the last Young Lion. And um, they have been mainly working at all the Japan shows throughout lockdown, which I think they fully deserve that spot. And um, nice. just to sort of come in, um, but basically it ended up with um, three of the men that were in the match actually competed and one man managed to win the match in advance without even entering the ring um, which was Chase Owens who came in at number one Balak Fale, Bushi of LIJ and then Toro Yano so last year's King of Pro Wrestling entered at number 21 and he never got a chance to get into the ring before there were four <laughs> of them left so I mean who, who can imagine that Toro Yano is going to win a match without even entering That's it's a record very good, it's very good. I, I think that's that's effectiveness right there. You know, he's not expending energy, he doesn't need to use it's brilliant. Oh exactly. And if you ever watch a Toro Yano match like Garen for a treat every single time, yeah, it's so unpredictable. <laughs> nice. Um but the actual match that opened up the show, which is one of my personal favourites, is the junior heavyweights. So we had uh Hiromu Takahashi who is the all-time favourite of mine. He's, a fl- he's very flamboyant, he's very crazy, likes to wear a lot of colours. He's got like two cats called Daryl and Carol, um, <laughs> which he's actually got a super size of Daryl now and I'm, I'm really wanting it. It's like 700 quid to get it from Japan. 
and I'm wanting it. <laughs> um, but he was taking on the Super J Cup winner in El Fantasmo of Bullet Club. So this was determined um, who was going to face the junior heavyweight champion in uh, Ishimori of Bullet Club, who is El Fantasmo's tag team partner. Um, because Hiromu wanted to determine that he was the best Super Junior out there. He was the current uh, best of Super Juniors from this year. And he was also the one to pin Jushin Thunderliger last year in the Dome uh, in his retirement match. So this is a bit, this is a really, really big night. Really good back and forward singles thing. It was crazy, as you can expect the Junior Heavyweight Championship match to be. Um, but Hiromu did manage to get the win. Uh, and he would be going on tonight to to face Ishimori. Um, it was for, for only being like a 17 minute match. Still, you could sit and watch it forever. There was yeah. flips. There was craziness. There was shenanigans as well. Like not <laughs> general Bullet Club shenanigans, but definitely shenanigans. <laughs> um, more Elf and Tasmo. But he actually debuted his uh, new music as well in El Phantasmo because he had been recently coming out to no music being very heel-like uh, as he usually was but it was friend of the show uh, David Grimerson who has made his new music as well um, so it was a big shout out it was really really good music to hear really really fit the character as well so that was a good one uh, the next one so we had Kenta who was going to be facing Kenta Kenta with all the capitals um, he was essentially it was like the it was like the G one but for the United States Championship match opportunity. Um right. just because at the moment there were some people stuck in America, the LA Dojo, there were some people still stuck in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Kenta at this point was actually in America when this took place. Um as well as New Japan Strong, which is on NJWP World. Um just you could actually go and view it. It's just our American one. I think it's every Tuesday, and it's the people from the LA Dojo, uh, primarily, as well as like they had their Super J Cup not too long ago as well, um, which featured people from Impact uh, in Chris Bay, and you had Leo Rapp, which I was hoping Chris Bay was going to make it to the final. He did not. I was very sad. David um, sitting there wondering when is Santana coming out with the guitar to play a riff. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, and I, I just want to eat some ciabatta. Yeah, so Kenta with all the capitals. Uh, he is currently the holder of the number one contendership to the US Championship, which is held by John Moxley uh, at the moment. But obviously, he's not been allowed to get into the country to defend it. And unlike last time, when there was a tornado and he couldn't get into Japan. They haven't taken the title off him this time. So Kenta has been continuously having to defend his number one contendership right, which he's not happy about. And he's <laughs> on to his second briefcase because Hiroshi Takahashi broke the first one. Oh. Well, no, Kenta hit him over the head with it. So oh. it was really, it was really <laughs> Kenta's fault. Um, but he well, was taking his on... His um... shouldn't be where he was swinging the briefcase. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it's like that. You don't age. say that about the ace. It's that it age sounds like oh, it sounds that. like Kent is the victim here. Aye. Although, if it's someone's the ace of New Japan as the ace of ESSR, I feel we should have the kinship. So maybe I do feel <laughs> sorry for them. It's, it's like that prank you would do where you put a bucket of water on somebody's door so that they open it and a bucket falls on them. <laughs> then, you shouldn't have been there. Yeah, no, no, it's more the thing of why did you put a bucket on the top of my door? It's like why is your door underneath my bucket? <laughs> so Kenta, Kenta won <laughs> yeah well Kenta was defending his number one contendership right, um, about as as we call the New Japan Granddad um, against Kojima and he had Tenzan at his um, side at ringside we call him the New Japan Granddad so sort of a little bit older and a little bit more full of respect um, but Kenta managed to hold on to his number one contendership right but we did have a promo from John Moxley um just before this match happened, which was quite surprising, calling himself the Boogeyman. So hopefully we will get the Kenta John Moxley match that we've all been hoping for. Nice. And nice. then the next the next time that we had a match, it was after Will Ospreay had split from Chaos and created his own empire, as he likes to call it, uh, with the great Okan as well as Jeff Cobb and his self with E Priestley. Um, they had been sort of bullying the ace of New Japan in Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, and this took place as well all over Tag League. It was building up. So, Tanahashi had his match against the Great Okan, which Hiroshi Tanahashi being the ace, he did manage to defeat him. So, that was like the first loss for mm-hmm. the, this new uh, faction that had been made. And then the next one was the match between Okada and Will Ospreay with B Priestley at ringside. Uh, this had obviously been culminating since, um, since well before Tag League and everything. I think since like the G1, yeah. as it, it happened at the G1, um, in which Okada managed to he, he beat Will Ospreay by using the Rainmaker. I think he might have forgotten how to use the Rainmaker yeah. in the meantime because he had always been doing his finisher with the money clip. So that was like the second loss, which you can see was not, it's not a great night for the Empire, really. No, not a good, not a good night to be the Empire at this not, point, you have to no, say. Not a good one. And then the next match that he had was the main event. So this was like the first half of the second double gold, as we would call it. Um, cause, because Kota Bushi was always a back-to-back G1 winner, he did have the right to challenge Tetsuya Naito for the double championship. Um, but JY obviously had technically beaten Kota Bushi in the tournament and therefore had the right to challenge for that title uh, or for that briefcase opportunity. So this is why you had two main events. Um, but you had Kota Bushi was the one to actually beat Tetsuya Naito for the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight Championship, which it was a half hour match and it was a solid, solid match. Um, like very very scary to watch as well as we all know Kota Bushi likes to land on his neck yeah so and his I've neck seen some of the steel. videos on on Twitter uh, there's one where he takes a dive outside the ring and he must have a neck that's made of rubber you know at this point to be able to survive some of the the, the dives he's making man it's insane <laughs> yeah no he does like to fall on his neck and fall on his head but this man likes to believe that there's 25 hours in a day and that he doesn't he doesn't read because he doesn't trust books. Like okay. it, see the inner workings of Kota Ibushi. Grant can tell you. I can tell you. There's even loads and loads of Reddit blogs and everything and posts about Kota Ibushi that you'd be like, how is he even human? But 
this is this is sort of playing into him believing that he is God. So, I mean, I'll trust you on that. You know my opinions on Grant, but I'll trust you on that. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like I said, you quoted Bush's credentials uh, the other day, David, you and did. you can see you that, did. like, apart from the US Championship and the never open weight tag belts, Kota Bushi's pretty much won every single thing in New Japan. Yeah. So, and this Good is... It, exactly. He had never actually won the big title. This is the second reign as Intercontinental Champion. So, nice. And at the moment, that was him moving on uh, yeah. to night two. Um, so night two, we did have like a couple of stardom matches which were on the pre-show. Um, I didn't watch the pre-show at this point because um, I, I was still asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the uh, even, show. <laughs> even though the show started an hour later, I fell asleep because we had been up to like midnight playing games and I was yeah. knackered. So, <laughs> um, so night two began with the Fatal Four Way match uh, from that had happened the night before for the Provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. Uh, and Toro Yano managed to hold on to hold on to his trophy just now. So at the moment, he is the provisional king of pro wrestling. Um, we'll need to see where that takes him, and who challenges and who tries to compete over the next year. Because with the king of pro wrestling, each competitor gets to pick a stipulation, and then that kind of gets voted on by uh, the fans of New Japan. Nice. So it could be anything. Like we've had. Um, I think there was like no pinfalls or it was like first first to take off the last corner pad, which is a Toroyano favourite. <laughs> because he, he could take off a corner pad in less than a couple of seconds. Like it, it does not take him long to take a corner pad off. So that is a good one because again, Yano's my favourite and he managed to pin Chase Owens, which is always a good thing because I can't stand nice. Owens. Oh, Owens. What, what <laughs> a horrible human being. <laughs> you know, scuffy oh, yeah. looking there further. <laughs> I can't stand them. Uh, the next match we had, um, it was Suzuki Gun with Kanemaru uh, and El Desperado defending um, their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Uh, it was against Taguchi and Master Wato uh, oh. with Tenzan at ringside, and obviously Master Wato has been a it's been a good match uh, since making his debut and just... David's like, thank God I didn't need to pronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Master, Master Watto. Watto. Oh, Master Watto, yeah. It's Master Watto. David, please Master. stop. Sorry. You really want that visa. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but again, good solid match. It was a very, very good one for Master Watto to be in. Because um, he's... He only came at the G1, so it's it's quite a, it was the G1 or the New Japan Cup. It was one of the two. Um, so again, really really solid match with a junior and uh, with with an elder in a way, sort of giving that more experience. So he'll be Master Wato will be one to watch in the upcoming oh, year for sure. Mm-hmm. One to pronounce as well, you know. <laughs> an easy one to pronounce. <laughs> Um, so the next one was was the final match uh, with Empire that was t- that was taking place on night two. Um, former never open weight champion Jeff Cobb had actually challenged Shingo t- uh, Takaki of Lij. Um, which the fun thing is that usually up until a few about about a year ago, the never open weight championship you can never defend it successfully. It always changed hands. Yeah. Um, until it came with Shingo and uh, it was actually um, Suzuki that managed to 
successfully defend it. So, but Shingo managed to hold on. The Dragon of Lij held on to the championship. So over the two days, Empire did not have a good time oh, at Wrestle three. Kingdom. Oh, oh, three. Three. Yep. Oh, especially geez, oh. for especially for a new faction, it's it's not a good sign. So these guys are the retribution of New Japan. <laughs> I mean, they might be. They might be. I mean, it's still very, very early days. Um, having Master, not Master Watto, um, the Great Okan there was, it made sense because he did his excursion in Rev Pro. Yeah. Uh, with Jeff Cobb, I'm still not too sure why he's even there, but he's the muscle man. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why he's there. <laughs> not sure. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure why he's part of Empire. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. So, like, that was the my thing. I was like, why? Why are you doing this? And um, because he had a very, well, he did have a great G1, but he was still very, very popular amongst the fans. So to turn quite suddenly was quite upsetting for me. And then we move on to, like, the third to last match we had was coming all the way from the New Japan Cup um, from where it all kicked off and it's uh, your favourite, David Sanada versus Evil with all the capitals. How long did you have that lined up for? <laughs> oh, for the whole show. <laughs> I told you he was waiting for that guitar riff. I told you. I told you he was waiting. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes, who did he beat? So, Sonata defeated uh, Evil with all the capital letters. Um, Evil! Evil! All the capital letters, but yes, your boy Sonata did beat him. Yes. Um, and he looked really good in that match. Uh, it's, it does come back all the way from the Super J Cup when we all knew that Evil was turning a little bit more evil. Um, but the <laughs> storytelling throughout that match... <laughs> oh, <what a> evil. <laughs> he went all the evil. <laughs> Not the Diet Coke of Evil. <laughs> Not the Diet Coke of Evil. He was the Diet Coke of Evil. Now he is evil. Yes, he like went from evil. Stu Stewie Griffin evil to, you know, Bond villain evil. At this point. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it was a really good match. Both of them looked really good. Sonata, like, you you can really push this guy much further to the sky uh, unless you actually put, like, the heavyweight belt on him. Uh, <laughs> but the storytelling of them, obviously, being the tag the tag team from LIJ before Evil left to go to Bullet Club. Yeah. So that, it was really, really good. And then, like, the second to last match, or as they call it, the semi final. Um, where you had the um, junior heavyweight belt, Hiromu Takahashi and Taishi Ishimori, which you can't go wrong with this kind of match, especially if you do love junior heavyweight matches like I do. Nice. Um, very, very flippy, very, very, lots of lots of punches and everything, because these guys have been fighting on and off for that heavyweight belt um, since Hiromu won it at the last Wrestle Kingdom against Will Ospreay, because um, it has its literal jump between these two men over the course of last year, so but my boy Hiromu came through and beat Ishimori to regain his junior heavyweight championship belt, which I'm very happy about. Nice. nice. And then the final match, the actual final match of the night, Kota Ibushi taking on Jay White, uh, accompanied by Gado. Now you have to know that this match, longest match in Dome history, right? It's, there's a right. match that's 
it's never gone longer um, <sighs> until obviously uh, the other night of 48 minutes and 5 seconds it was getting on and it was a very very scary match to watch especially knowing that it was getting close to the end um, and there was times that you you couldn't quite believe it again Ibushi falling on his neck or Jay doing something stupid and you're like oh my god um, I don't know if any if either of you two have actually had a chance to watch the match um, but it was, it was 50 times I've already seen it <laughs> <laughs> Is that just because you love Kota Ibushi? Oh, I just love Japanese wrestling as a whole, you know what I mean? <laughs> At least all these people that I've managed to say, it's not been hard to an- like announce the names, but... That's Kota- true, that's true. Kota Ibushi stayed as God, um, he managed to beat Jay White, and at the very, very end of the night, just before Ibushi did say um, his his goodbyes, um, like for that night, thanking the crowd, uh, you had Sanada come out to ringside, and I could Ooh. see your expression. Uh, David, oh. but yes, Sonada came out and said that like we have battled before, and I highly respect you, and um, which is why I want to come out and formally challenge you at some point. I want to fight you again this coming year. Yes. And um, so somewhere down the line, we will get a Kota Ibushi uh, Sonada match, hopefully for the double titles at some point. I think Rob Thomas will have a part to play in that one. <laughs> you know, he'll be he'll be somewhere around the ringside there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then with New Year's Dash, it was it was quite simple. It's not like um, the the fun stuff that we've had in the past, like Kenny kicking AJ out of the Bullet Club. Like this is why people expect yeah. a lot of things to happen. Um, but like the main the main thing, which it'll probably be talked about again on East Meets West, or you'll probably have it as a a thing on the conspiracy theory, like I like I mentioned to you uh, earlier on today, David. That yeah. Um, usually contracts in New Japan run from January to January mm-hmm. um, and Jay White did point out he's like I am contractually obligated to wrestle at New Year's Dash which is their sort of night after Mania as we would call it but it's like their, yeah. it's the new the new year um, show and Jay White did wrestle but then he did say that he's going home doesn't know when he'll be back if he'll be back um, so we don't know if that's part of Jay's character because he's, you know, that that's just Jay for you. He might just be yeah. a dick like that. He might go back to New Zealand. Who knows? Um, but we know that WWE have had a severe interest in him for mm-hmm. quite a long time. So there is a possibility that he might be an entrant in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, well, might, it would be might... interesting if it, that happened exactly. in it, in my, the conspiracy theory, because I said <laughs> I think he would stay in New Japan a bit longer, and I predicted to be NXT champion uh, by the end of 2021. <laughs> now, not too sure where that's going to happen or if that will fall there now, but I'd be interested in seeing. I've heard really good things about him, so I'd be interested in seeing him in WWE. I mean, he was 28 and headlining the Tokyo Dome. Um, and like last year, he was um, semi-final of the Tokyo Dome as well, which he's and he's technically leader of Bullet Club right now as well. So yeah. at the age of twenty eight, like the boy can only really go up. I mean, is his Switchblade character is it's amazing. It's you know, excuse the pun, but it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, well, if you're going to have Balor lose the NXT title, just speculating, he could go back to Raw. AJ's on Raw. Your man comes to Raw. There's a there's a stable for you right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they did try with Bullet Club before, um, and they got it all wrong. 
just because <laughs> of like you know the whole rights and everything and yeah. whatnot. So, but it'll be interesting to see. There was some more challenges made. Um, like Ishimori and Elfin Talisman are going to be challenging for the Junior Tag t- uh, Championships. Yes. Uh, and a few other things, not too sure where uh, Empire's going to be going, but at the moment it looks like Japan's going to go into another state of emergency, so we don't know if there's going to be like any more matches right. for the time being. So we just, like, even the uh, English commentators and like Kevin Kelly, etc., they had no idea if it was even going to be happening, like even Rocky Romero wasn't on commentary because um, I think he, he was probably he was meant to be wrestling I think on the show but nice. he might have been going back to uh, going back to America um, just because he did fly in for the, mm-hmm. the Rumble and to do the commentary but he's primarily focusing on New Japan Strong right now so mm-hmm. I think that's probably where he's went but other than yeah. that Wrestle Kingdom was amazing well, thank you, Sarah, for taking the lead with our, our Japanese portion of the show. Uh, like she, like you said there, if you want to hear more, don't forget to check out East Meets West. They'll be doing a deep dive uh, into everything that's went down. They'll have a, a lot to say as well. But thank you very much for taking the lead there, Sarah. Quack, I'm going to come to you from probably the best wrestling on the planet to some wet-ass pussy, uh, because we are talking about Cardi B. Uh, Cardi B has been all over. What a fucking segue! (laughs) Some murderous weird transitions. (laughs) So I don't know if you've seen this on Raw, Quacker, but Uh, you know Tony Wilson. Not the wet ass pussy. (laughs) There's no wet ass pussy on Raw. No, just some wet ass worms. (laughs) Yes, there were wet ass worms because Hall of Famer Tony Wilson. I think she should have her Hall of Fame status revoked because she lied to Angel Garza. She liked him. She said, look, Cardi B's in that room over there. You want to give anyone a rose, you go and give her a rose. It wasn't Cardi B. It was the boogeyman. But but see, the thing is, though, boogeyman starts with B, so it could be Cardi Boogeyman. And she just, (laughs) he he just, like, went away and didn't let her finish her sentence. So clearly, she was going to say Cardi Boogeyman, but... And just jumped the gun. Deception, Quacko, that's all it is, deception. But it led to some Twitter interactions that were very interesting. Cardi was <laughs> at first very confused as to why she was getting tweeted about wrestling. Uh, she then named some of her favourite wrestlers. Trish Stratus was on the list, she responded to it, to which Cardi was very excited. And then Melina responded because she was on the list. <laughs> then Cardi said, Oh my God, I remember you of those two guys you used to be with. <laughs> so, <laughs> bad day to be John Morrison and Joey Mercury, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. But then, then we seen her take real, very real issue with Lacey Evans. Apparently, didn't know that Lacey Evans was uh, playing kayfabe. But then when she finally seen the clip, she said, Vince, I'm coming for you. Like, your days are numbered. She's fuming. It's led to rampant speculation that WWE are going to get the, the money out to get uh, Cardi B at Mania. Wally said to the same to her, uh, calling out on Twitter, is Cardi B a celebrity appearance that you would actually be happy to see in WWE Quackoo? Personally, I couldn't give a shit. But... <laughs> <laughs> However... You, you can't deny that she is one of the most popular women and uh, artists out there and just one of the proper A-list people out there that it would draw in so many eyes into the product right now and let's be honest Raw is really in the pits right now, it really is in the pits that yeah. it needs something like this not 
like a Rob Gronkowski that will just annoy the hell out of you. Like you knew that was going to be annoying, and right enough, it was annoying. But yeah. he went away, did this thing, and it, it, he went back to it, it, NHL. I almost said the NFL, but. It's the NFL. It's the, the NFL. NFL. <laughs> you, 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 you were getting it right. <laughs> there goes my American visa. I think, but anyway. you're thinking of Wayne Gretzky there. <laughs> they have too many NLs anyway. Uh, so yeah, um, he he plays that that mad sport. So anyway, Cardi B, yes, I mean she's one of the most popular artists out there right now. Her YouTube videos and music videos are getting like. Billy's uh, views and stuff, so it will always help the product, absolutely. Just from a wrestling fan point of view, please make it actually worthwhile, like not not just like some... I, I like her passion so much. I know she's passionate in the wrong way, but you can't help and deny that she's got a lot of passion in, in wrestling. That's all you need, really, so... yeah. I think in the so. right way and make it happen but I, I just don't know how with WWE and the way they're going about family orientated I don't know how you're going to incorporate somebody like Cardi B who <laughs> as you said has a song called Wet Ass Pussy without actually <laughs> let's be honest the music video is as good as porn <laughs> so why don't we just get Biffy Clyro and they can do their cover <laughs> instead but <laughs> Sarah, the question for you here is, I know where I, what opinion I have, do you think she'll come in if they get her just as their sort of special musical act? Or could you see her getting into a programme and would you like to see her getting into a programme come Mania? I mean, if uh, Snooki can do it, I think anybody can. <laughs> so, I mean, we all remember like that that whole thing with Snooki. Um, but then again, like she was a gymnast, so yeah, I'll let her off. Um, I would say, like, see if for a musical act, probably. I mean, I I did see her um, experience, uh, no, expressing interest in Carmela mm. as well. So you never know; she might accompany Carmela to the ring at some point. Just especially like see with Carmela's character on SmackDown. It's oh, that's perfect, actually. Yeah. So yeah, looking at that, that would be a good fit. Mm. Um. I was I would agree with Quacker saying like from a wrestling fan point of view, I'm like I can't be bothered with it. <laughs> um but you always need that mainstream stuff. Like you can yeah. never go wrong, especially when it comes to mania. It is meant to be your big show. I know that it's probably not gonna have fans. It might have fans, you never know, but it's not gonna be on the big scale that WrestleMania usually is. Yeah. But as well, the fact that the theme is all about Hollywood, it wouldn't surprise me. Exactly. <laughs> And this is a thing like us as wrestling fans. If you if you're a wrestling fan listening to this or whatever, you may need to like take a wee step back and say, "Oh, is I may have my views or whatever have you, but is this aimed at me?" And I can honestly say, this isn't aimed at me as a wrestling fan. Maybe it's aimed at me as a hip hop fan or whatever. Getting these opportunities, but. If you're going in this solely as a wrestling fan, going with the uh, Jim Cornette school of um, ever finished shit in wrestling, <laughs> then take a step back and go, mm, I don't know if this is for me. But have a view, yes, but just don't crap on the product and just think that yeah. everyone's going to hate it. That's all I think. I think that's the point is that you brought it up. She's one of the most popular stars on the planet and it's not like she's got no acting experience as well if anyone's seen um hustlers 
the mm-hmm. movie with uh, uh, J-Lo. Um, yeah. Really, really good movie. Uh, she had a part in that and she was perfectly serviceable. So we know she had some acting skills. I, I think if there's any celebrity come in, you know, who could do something, I'd, I'd say Cardi B, you know, is one. And I think the importance is that she is a wrestling fan. Yeah. You know, she's made that very clear that she used to watch it. She has her favourites. She's able to list them. She's getting excited when when the likes of Trish are responding to her on Twitter. So I think it's about that enthusiasm. I'll be I'll be watching this one. You know, and if anyone yeah. doesn't want to be cool about it, you know what happens to people who don't want to be cool. We spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool, and that's what we thought was going to happen this Monday on Raw. You know, we thought we were going to get Carlito back. Carlito was advertised for Raw Legends Night wasn't there it was then reported there was travel issues however then it turns out there were no travel issues whatsoever WWE just jumped the gun no one actually reached out to Carlito to come onto the show Carlito was never booked for Raw Legends Night which is absurd absolutely absurd Sarah what do you think about that and how can a company does this just encapsulate we're going to get into a, a deeper review later on in Raw Legends Night what we thought about it but does this not just sum up the current state of WWE? What an actual joke! <laughs> oh my god! I mean, yeah, if you're going to... Oh, I don't even know how to describe that. But it's like, if you advertise so, you would at least hope <laughs> that, you know, it's confirmed. Because you're just going to look like an idiot. You're the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah. You're one of the highlights of like TV right now because you're actually producing like live things and you can't do something simple like yep. reaching out to a former champion in Carlito and like everyone was getting buzzed for it like even I was buzzing for it and I thought watched WWE in months <laughs> and then when I see that Carlito wasn't there I was like well that's got it fucked it hasn't it <laughs> they fucked it Seriously, they fucked it. I think so. I think so. Kwaku, do you agree? What, what do you think this is about? Because we've heard about the state of the booking in WWE, how last minute everything is, how many moving parts are going on. Do you think that, is there a need for a restructure in terms of their creative planning over there? Has something oh, went horribly wrong? Big time. Big time. I mean, when you're, like, you just have to listen to the back catalogue of Talk is Jericho. And yeah, I know there's quite a few disgruntled people that leave, but the most poignant one was um, when um, Miro was talking about people were chanting Rusev Day, Rusev Day, and he was saying that Vince was saying, oh no, they're just saying that to rip on you. And they kept on saying Rusev Day to Shane McMahon, and he actually said, duly noted and it wasn't noted because they did nothing with it so yeah it's just when you hear things like that you're just a bit like just capital just do something like these people are people obviously chanting for something and they you you always have a wrestling where when people are chanting you kind of stop and you take it in unless it's like the cm punk chance which is just bad bye kind of thing yeah with this Carlito thing, he got announced. I mean, surely 
some Carlito or something with this. It's put on. I don't know. Maybe actually you know you wouldn't because you wouldn't want to burn your bridge if your agent yeah. is negotiating something for you. Part and that's the thing. It looks like Carlito was necessarily against it either. Like yeah. Carlito sort of acknowledged the situation, sort yeah. of shrugging it off. Like he must be think... sitting in his lounge chair with an apple and a phone in his hand and an apple phone. Funnily enough, uh, sorry, that was a bad joke and. Just a terrible joke. I know. A terrible joke, linked to a terrible joke that we'll be discussing later on. He probably just <laughs> took a bit out of his phone and said, that's not cool. It's probably why there's a bite out the Apple logo, because of Carlito. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Raw Legends uh, is something we'll be getting into a bit deeper, oh, you know, as we, go, <laughs> as we go further into the show. But I wanted to bring that up there as its own news story. Sarah, back to you, uh, Impact, or bringing back the world, uh, the women's tag team titles over there. Um, it's something they were really a trendsetter in that company um, back in day. You know, remember, you know, the women's tag team title back then. I remember, who was it? Who was it that Kong won the titles with? It was, was, was it Aisha Saeed or something like that back <laughs> in day? I couldn't really tell you. Um, it's like, I only started really watching Impact properly. Uh, yes. in the past like year or so but I had actually seen it like on and off um, so the whole thing with the fact like me and Emily Hayden were talking about this in um, one of our like our first and only interview that we have it's on our back catalogue um, <laughs> I know because um, we, we were talking about how the fact that the, the knockouts were very ahead of their time at, um, at TNA because the first like women's tag team championships were introduced in two thousand and nine, yeah. and they went they went on for four years um, before they were obviously like retired and put to bed in twenty thirteen. Um, but it, yeah. it was announced uh, September last year that they were going to be bringing back the knockouts tag team championships, um, like because the knockouts over at Impact are amazing. The actual division itself. Is something that I I really love to see because yeah, like despite like maybe a couple of weird storylines like Wrestle House, which I'm not going to get into Wrestle House because I still don't understand Wrestle House, <laughs> um, and the shooting of Johnny Bravo and all this sort of stuff. Right, that was the fun things. It was to the do death with Rose of Valley was marvelous, marvelous. I can't get into all of that again. It's still <laughs> going on. I'm still confused over it all. Um, but yeah, so what what had ha happened? Uh, so those were deactivated um, in 2013 originally um, because um, ODB and uh, Young were stripped of the titles, and this is because you know Eric Young was a male holding the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, um, only male to do so. But yeah, it resulted in the fact that they just became deactivated. Um, which it was a shame because like you had like the beautiful people um being like the biggest uh, knockouts tag team champions that you could like when you think of knockouts uh the tna knockouts you think the beautiful people like all the time yeah. like that's that's where i would go to um so when madison rain had announced that they were going to be returning like madison rain is a former knockouts tag team champion it yeah. was it's really fun to see because they only did have the one championship which Diana Perazzo has been dominating that knockout division since she actually appeared 
uh, just before Slammiversary and then took the title from Jordan Grace. Um, so what they did is they decided to just hold a championship tournament, um, which obviously we all love. We all love a tournament. <laughs> like, I love a tournament. <laughs> uh, we, all, love a tournament. we all love a tournament. Um, and the, the fact that the titles were going to be revived at Hard to Kill. So what it was, like, I can't even remember the full-on um, like the actual brackets and everything. I knew that like Diana Perales and Kimberly were a team. And yeah. got eliminated first round uh, yeah. against my favourite team of Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. I love those two. Well, see, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary are a strange team, um, especially to come out of Wrestle House. Very strange, but I do love them together. Um, especially, you know, Rosemary's unpredictable side to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you had like the team. Uh, you had Havoc and Nevea, Jessica Havoc, uh, known to yeah. others. Uh, you had Jordan Grace had actually um, recruited uh, Jazz to be her tag team partner, yes. knowing that Jazz was going to be retiring, which that that was really fun to see all these different matches. Um, you also had um, formerly known as Emma, Tennille Dashford and uh, Alicia Edwards were teaming together, yes. um, but were I think they were knocked out in the first round by uh, Jordan Grace. That yeah, was, was a half in the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you had uh, the Sea Stars team as well, which I was not familiar with. Sea Stars, um, no. still not. But the <laughs> other, like the, the team to sort of stand out for me was Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Like I love them two together. Uh, like, yeah. they're both young. They're both very, very similar in personalities. Um, so it, it finally happened uh, on last night's Impact that Havoc and Nevea. Uh, another proper tag team we're going to be facing Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles yeah. um, and this will be at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view at the end of the month so I'm really looking forward to it um, but one other thing to come out from it was the this Saturday night at Genesis it's like an impact special um, yeah. you're going to have Jazz taking on Jordan Grace yes. just, just in a one-to-one -one match um, which the I'm very excited for excellent yep. and you know I promised you in the chat, Sarah, that I wouldn't take this as an opportunity to have a shot at the <laughs> AEW Women's Division. But sometimes I just can't help myself. And I, I do I do it's think like a sort of have, Yeah, I do think if you're gonna have a women's tag team tournament, they should have a prize that they're actually getting at the end of it and you can establish a women's tag team division that to me sounds like a very sensible thing that impact wrestling have done i don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that maybe AEW should have done the same thing you know well first yeah all, no i completely agree single women's division <laughs> before they can get oh, oh, oh no diamante and um who else was it? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ivelisse. <laughs> no, our name escaped me for a second. But Diamante and Ivelisse, they got what? Medals? Yeah. They got a couple of medals. Medals? Like they've just won the 100 metre sprint in their primary school. <laughs> like, honest to goodness. Like, Quacko, you're right. And I think this is, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Impact Wrestling for being the smallest of the um, big American promotions behind AEW, behind WWE. They have an, a disproportionately strong women's division. They shouldn't have been able to accumulate the talent that they've got in that division like they do now. Like, it's insane. It's unbelievable. And the fact that AEW 
haven't been able to replicate that success. They haven't been able to give the women the equal airtime, make them stars, give them that opportunity. WWE haven't been able to do it with their tag team division. You know, the tag team titles just become a prop for singles feuds uh, at the best of times there. And in the worst of times, they're on a proper tag team. You don't see them in TV. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Australian duo, otherwise known as the Iconics. You know, Iconic. I'm not going to get into that before my heart rate goes too high. But I commend uh, the work that Impact Wrestling has done. I think in terms of, if you look at, we have looked at the history of that company in our back catalogue, go and check that out. You look at the history of that company, they're not one to do history making. They're not one to make progress for the sake of progress. They make it and they make it happen and it matters. You know, and that's why their women's division has such a studied history. Um, I'm very excited about this tournament. Uh, Sarah, who do you think is going to win the titles in the end up? See, oh, this is a hard one. I would like to see uh, Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan win it. I would really like to see it. I think like, they're really funny and can be quite adventurous with it, especially with how charismatic they two are. Nothing against Havoc and Nevea. I love them. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like being charismatic and what they can do, probably Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan. Nice. Nice. I'll go Havoc and Avea. Okay. We'll see what happens at <laughs> the end of the month. <laughs> if you look at the first tournament, it was actually it was Sarita and Taylor Wilder, mm-hmm. babyface team who took the titles, and then it was Kong and Raisa Shaid who took them off them, like basically straight after that. You know, mm-hmm. so could be a similar situation here. Um, but we'll see see how it goes. And it was the beautiful people that they beat in that original final, Madison Rain mm-hmm. and Delbert Sky. You know, so yeah. All goes to show you. All goes to show you. you know? <laughs> Build a women's division right and they will come. Uh, but we are going to get into the week that was in wrestling and quack. I'm going to come to uh, you to start off with this one. Um, the passing um, of John Huber, uh, most known as Brody Liam Carper, uh, to many fans around the world was a heartbreaking one. Not only because you know he leaves behind uh, a loving family, not only because of uh, the stories that we've heard about how great a guy this guy was backstage and to his colleagues and to his peers how supportive he was mm. but also because he leaves us with this sense of un- untapped potential you know we'd yeah. seen what he was doing as the Mr Brody Lee character and the sky was the limit he'd always said it for this guy the talent was there I loved Luke Harper and WWE I remember going to the the Hydro seeing a house show and it was uh, the Wyatt family were in the main event against Ambrose and Jericho and Harper, man, did you see him in person? It was great. The movement. You don't realise how agile he is, I think, until you see him in person. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'll miss not getting the opportunity to see that again. But AW Dynamite did their, their tribute to uh, John Huber this week, started off with a 10 bell salute. Very appropriate. And Quacko, the first really big moment of the night uh, came um, in the match between uh, the Inner Circle. So it was MJF. Uh, Santana, I wouldn't play the music now because it's a more serious moment, and Ortiz. Uh, they were taking on Hangman Adam Page, John Silver and Alex Reynolds and you know, a save was needed at one point and who should come out but he was meant to be called Eric Redbeard. Apparently Chris Jericho didn't get the memo and just started shouting, Eric Rowan! <laughs> Redbeard! Away from this item trying to connect it over and over again. Um, but that was a really good, you know, emotional first moment of the night to see yeah. his old tag team partner coming out there. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and what, what I liked throughout it was 
the inner circle were still kind of respectfully being the inner circle and the yeah. fact that they were building up their heel personas for that moment as well especially playing with um the uh, Minus one, Brody Lee Jr. and stuff, yeah. and just making sure that that moment got the right selling that it needed and the right emotion as well. And mm-hmm. um, the whole show was just done brilliantly. An absolutely great show from top to bottom. Great emotions as well to really convey it, even with Eddie Kingston, what you were saying. And it was really upon you what you were saying, Andy. That I need to respectfully move on, but then he went back into his heel persona. But when yeah. you see like being the elite with the way he was talking and hold that held that kind of town hall meeting. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff there. He's a, he's a great orator uh, as yeah. Eddie oh, Kingston. The he, man he, can... he, he must be some underground pastor or something, because oh <laughs> that man he can talk. He can For really sure. talk. For sure, and say that um, the ending to the show was is just as emotional as the beginning of it, wasn't it? Well, I I cried throughout the entire show. I mean, it's not surprising because everyone knows that I just cried things. Um, but yeah, no, the actual like the celebration of his life, um, handing over that TNT championship, and I was like, ah, no, I can't do this. I can't watch this. Like tears yeah. in my eyes and. All this sort of stuff. It, it, it's, throughout the entire night, it was just emotional. Um, yeah, like the tribute video as well, which it was really, really nice to see later on that Tony Khan had bought the rights to the music. Yeah, nice. Good, that. nice touch. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a guy throwing around his money, but for a good cause. Um, mm-hmm. So, but like to watch like the actual finish off, like bringing out his boots, draping the cloth over, I was just like that. It, it just, it, it hits you. It really, really hits you as a wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, and to like see everyone that was being like out there trying to hold back the tears and like you you just see Brody Lee's son uh, in the ring and I'm just like, oh my god, he's a child, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're just, oh, it, as an adult, you're just like, how if I'd been under that mask, I'd be greeting, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like ugly crying. I think that that's the thing we've seen. Um, I don't want to give this too much, you know, steam because it's something that really annoys me. But we've seen what in the wake of John Huber's passing, people on social media try to use it for point scoring, going over, oh, you should have done this as a tribute. You know, that was that wasn't no. respectful. You shouldn't have done this. I just want to say to people with with no anger because I don't want to respond to hate with more anger that take this as a time for togetherness look at the stories that first night you know when when Huber passed wrestlers from, didn't matter what company they were from whether it was mm-hmm. WWE, W, the independent scene all coming together and, and sharing stories of a man um, who was their friend you know mm-hmm. and don't mistake someone not getting a push for someone not being loved or liked or or having Mm -hmm. friends in a certain promotion and to just sum up I think AEW's tribute to the man was incredible and Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a better way that they could have done it Uh, rest in peace to Mr Brodie Lee Um, he'll live for us all, we can go and revisit his matches anytime you know Um, and I hope you know that when the story sets on the career finally 
of that man that we can view him as one of the best talents of that generation. You know, um, I know I'll be going back and watching some Wyatt versus Shield matches in the not too distant future. So, you know, great tribute from AEW and rest in peace to Mr. John Huber. Um, across the way, you know, NXT had their, their year end awards that night. Uh, just running through a couple of these, we had. Uh, event of the year was takeover war games. Do I agree with that one? Recency yeah. bias, or do we think that's that's always the sort of, that's become yeah, their royal rumble basically? That's a hasn't given. It? Yeah, that's a given. Yeah, so you can't you, you can't beat war games. Yeah, war games, love it, so good. <laughs> uh, rivalry of the year, Kwaku, come to you for this one. What's your reaction to Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee's rivalry of the year? How has your opinion of Pat McAfee changed as this run has went on? 2020 has been such a fucked up year, so fucked up indeed, <laughs> that I oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. You better shut this podcast down, because I'm going to be saying things I'm going to regret. I love Dana. Pat McAfee. <laughs> I, I mean, love Pat McAfee. I, I, used, I used to host a bleeding takeover preview show just <laughs> to give people the opportunity to listen to something different apart from Pat McAfee. That's how much I hated that man. I could not stand him. He was annoying. I was just I remember like, that. what? Who, Your who, team who, over there. And I was, like, <laughs> who, I was on that panel. And I was like, who gives this man a microphone? Who gives this man airtime? Who gives this Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? And then now I'm just like, I can't get enough of this man. Yeah. The promos, he's amazing. The the what he brings to the wrestling ring is amazing. But more for me, like I I love the whole promos, the way he builds things. It's just the little attention to detail that man has. <laughs> like when Kelly Dane was getting crushed in the car door by Pete Dunn, and he just goes, he just looks at Pete Dunn, and goes. A little aggressive, but we'll talk about that later. Loved it. <laughs> she absolute genius. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Twenty twenty. What a year. Little did what we know, Quacker. That was that. That was part of a bigger picture. Like little did we know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that's the thing. He was certainly a breakout star this year, but didn't win breakout star of the year. Sarah, that honor went to her own girl with the tank. It was uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Do you agree with that one? I mean, yeah, I, I would say definitely. Like, it would have been between her and Bronson Reed uh, as being my breakouts. So, Shotzi, she's she's done really well to sort of come into her own this year. I mean, I, 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 I would agree with that. A power through the rest of these here. Tag team of the year, undisputed era. Uh, not much you can say. Female competitor of the year, the genius of the sky, you should I. Male competitor of the year, Adam Cole. Uh, match of the year, Bauer versus O'Reilly. Take over 31. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I can't yep. wait for that rematch coming up. Mm-hmm. That'll be a really good one at New Year's Evil. Mm-hmm. Future star of the year, Austin Theory. I just want to bring this up because I've heard people in Central say in the past couple of weeks they're not big fans of the way. I bloody love the way. I think I think they're exactly what they say in the tin. They're that dorky sort of nuclear family unit that's very sort of in a weird way just so cookie and twisted and they're meant to be like their kids but they're not their kids and I love it I'm fascinated by it like <laughs> honestly I really just look forward to seeing what they do every week because it's such I a weird dynamic I'm, I'm jury still out there for me because I'm not gonna lie I've not really been bought into the Garganos as heels I'll be honest I've loved them as heels right. like <laughs> utterly 
I didn't like Candice LeRae. I've said this the last couple of years. I thought she was boring, like really boring. Like, and I was like, I really oh, don't get point, it. Yeah. See when she turned heel, I was like, where has this been? <laughs> like, she's great. Like, she's one yeah. of the best promo guys, the best promo uh, people in NXT. Honest to goodness, I love I'll her. give you that, yes. Mm-hmm. However, just, but, um, you're, the thing I'm trying to stay away from is, you're comparing it from that this now to, as you were saying, there was no substance or anything to it. But at the moment, the only time I liked Gargano as a heel was when KO was hosting the KO show and the whole thing of, oh, don't say his name. He's probably in the back asking for his music to be played. And I just <laughs> love that whole thing. And the end of William Regal saying, player. <laughs> Brilliant. But, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm not really bought into the Gargano's as heels, I'll be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, let us know what you think on social media. <laughs> what, what's your opinion on the way the Gargano's as heels? Are you are you with it? Are you, are you I mean, for it? I are now you like love Pat McAfee. My mind will change by the time this goes <laughs> out anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then around us off, we had overall competitor of the year. Sarah can't argue with you, should I? Absolutely not. I like, can. It should have been Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, but you get Pat McAfee to you know jump off war games inside of a bin, and then we'll talk. <laughs> like I know he started off doing a match of the moon salt and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Io Shirai jumped off a fucking cage inside of a bin. <laughs> Pat McAfee the next day was hosting his podcast show, which has nothing to do with wrestling, and still selling the War Games match by wearing that neck brace. That is dedication, and you can't beat that. I'm sorry. Clark, you see, if we're going in kayfabe alone, Pat McAfee hasn't won this year. Io Shirai has beaten Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Sasha Banks this year. Like, but just the, to name but a the few. neck brace. <laughs> But everything's but the neck brace. <laughs> Forget everything. He had a neck brace. <laughs> the neck brace. Well, we're going from this to maybe one of the best televised, like TV shows that WWE's put on this year. This was a pay per view worthy SmackDown. You know, this was yes. utterly unreal. We had a Quacku kicking us off a Universal Title cage match: Roman Reigns versus. Kevin Owens, we are a fan of this encounter here. Yes, uh, Jay so just the whole the whole head of the table pack, the way they've repackaged Roman has has been absolutely phenomenal and the work that he and Paul Heyman does and what I like about Paul Heyman this time around because it could be easy for him to go down the realms of the way he manages Brock Lesnar but what I like about this way of Paul Heyman, he's a bit more standoffish in the fact that he's focused on looking at Roman to see yeah. what are you going to do about this? What are you going to? What do you think about this? Like leaving it more on on Roman to do this yeah. talking, although he's not talking, instead of Paul doing the talking and stuff. So it's a weird way that Paul can sell it more with his face alone and not do the talking which he's always been used to with Brock Lesnar. It's a completely yeah. different dynamic, but it works. <laughs> I I have to say that I like it because sometimes he almost seems more trepidatious around Roman as well. Yeah. You know, he seems more scared. Like I was watching a segment where he was with Brock and Brock's annoyed at him for 
uh, like not to earn him money in the bank, he had a year to cash in. Like, do you remember that one? Yeah. And he's feel like you're slapping him. I've got a year, and he's like, a year? How did you not know? And it's like <laughs> the thing with Heyman with Brock was they were that close that he never really feared Brock turning on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that they were friends. With Roman, it feels more like this is Heyman's last chance. You know, it could but be another dimension of the fact that. Uh, Heyman spent years telling people how dangerous Brock is and he's seen he's seen it for himself how dangerous Brock can be but yet Roman has beaten Brock a few times mm-hmm. so if this I mean it's kind of like saying oh this gun is dangerous this gun is dangerous and then a bazooka comes in and then all of a sudden yeah. you're managing the bazooka you're going to be a bit yeah. there's always a bigger fish as they yeah. say you know, I mean, uh, a fish is more peaceful than a gun and a bazooka. So <laughs> that one, there's me, the warmonger, going about. <laughs> give a man a fish, leap for the day. Give him a gun, uh, but Sarah, <laughs> 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 uh, um, what do you think? Then it looks like Kevin Owens and Jey Uso are going to move on to a feud. You know, independent of the Universal title scene, independent of Roman Reigns. But do you think this is this will produce some good matches between Owens and Jey going forward? Won't it? I mean, I would hope so. Like the the past rivalry that he had with Roman, it always made me weird. It always weird a fair because it was just Kevin Owens falling into the same traps each and every yeah. week. Um, and it was kind of kind of stupid in my opinion. Um, because Kevin Owens is usually smarter than that. He's usually the one doing that sort of stuff. Um, but Jay has been like a very very surprising breakout talent uh, just on his own. Like we always knew he was really really good. Um, so. I can't see anything going wrong um, with Kevin Owens going forward. Um, yeah. It's. I would just hope that they need to make sure that it doesn't continually make everything look stupid at the same <laughs> yes. time. Aye, so well, we moved on. The cage match was uh, two weeks ago, and then we had this segment this week where it became clear that Owens uh, would be facing G going forward. But mm-hmm. within Quacker, we had the first week of Big E as Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he was meant to be facing King Corbin. Um, however, that match was cut short. Your usual shenanigans uh, turns into a tag team match. Uh, it becomes Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin versus uh, Big E and Apollo Crews. And it looks like E versus Crews uh, will be planned for next week in the aftermath of it. It seems to try and get E over that they have given him the John Cena treatment almost. You know, mm. it looks like they're going to have him in good matches every week, beating the odds every week, taking on all comers. Do you think that's a good way to try and get, you know, him him over as an Intercontinental Champion? Jury's out for me on that front. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I hope this is my 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 objective for this one is I do believe Biggie is a main card prospect. Mm-hmm. I do hope he gets a crack at the Universal Championship. Not just a crack at it, but yeah, I can see, I can see Universal Big E if you want to go that way. I can nice. see it. Yes, jury's out for me on that with the way he's being booked at the moment. But I hope that seeing the fact that that was the highest rated weekly show of 2020 in WWE, him closing it out, 
the way social media went, I hope this is where this is where I say to WWE, excuse my French, don't fuck it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, someone they did mess up was Billy Kay, the last news organization from SmackDown. Yeah. But, you know, I've really liked what she's done solo. The resume thing has been golden. <laughs> uh, this week, she played manager to both the Riot Squad and Tamina and Natalia in the same match. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything more ingenious than doubling your odds than that. Um, she said she said in the bump uh, they asked if you spoke to the right, right squad she's like have I sent several text messages the answer would be yes have they responded to any of those several text messages the answer would be no <laughs> so, <laughs> so she seems to be wanting to manage the riots uh, Sarah what do you think about this this Billy Kay character the way she's went where do you think it's leading and are you just happy to see it on TV every week I mean, you can't go wrong with seeing Billy Kay on TV each week because she's just naturally funny. Yeah. Like, it's just reactions, um, like the, no! Like, or you've got to be joking me. Like, it's small things like that. Um, But the going around with the whole CV, it is amazing. Considering that, yeah, they split up the Iconics, which I'm still quite mad at. Like, I am still quite, I'm still very upset about. I'll never Um, not be mad. I'll never not be mad about it. No. Um, but they need something to do, but you can not have Billy Kay doing stuff like this. I mean, if she's not going to be wrestling, have her on TV as a manager, have her as a commentator, have yeah. her doing something. Hell, even be SmackDown general manager. Give her oh, something. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, give That's her so something. Good. Like, imagine, like, I, I don't think, like, the last time we saw someone try to be a manager to two opposing teams at the same time. Like, I mean, I know <laughs> to me, like, Tamina even told her to be quiet. It's like, Tamina, how fucking dare you? I, I, like, I'm a big fan of Tamina, but that was, that was over. That was not on. Um, yeah. But no, nothing but praise for Billy Kay. I would, I would, I would love to see her do more things like that. Because, let's just face it, her on the microphone, you're gonna be getting money regardless like she is money when she's got yeah. that microphone in her hand yeah for sure for sure and moving on to something that isn't money um WWE wished it was Raw Legends Night let's start off positive Paki what was your favourite appearance from a Raw Legend on Legends Night um surely you know it's the Mac Militant coming to get it on oh sorry i was i was so excited about that that (laughs) and and then i was just like what did i just watch when i got like an hour in (laughs) i even forgot but thank you very much for reminding me because oh my god see see the whole start off it with the correct and then incorrect i I did like that kind of whole aspect however i'm sorry but uh, further highlighted to me, and it's something I've heard on a show. Morrison is boring. I'm sorry. I don't. Cracky, we're trying to start off positive. I know, but he is. He is. And his jacket looks weird. But then when. You know, it's a back militant. Come on and get it all. Oh, sorry, I should stop singing. So, my man Teddy Longtime came out. Because you know, I love a bit of Teddy comes out yep. and he says it seems the two of you need to 
wrestler goes, The Undertaker! And then yeah. that um, Adam guy that uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Adam Pierce. Pierce. Uh, <laughs> um, I just see him like community Pierce with mm-hmm. Jackson. It's like Pierce. <laughs> yeah. So Adam McPierce fart comes out and kind of whispers <laughs> in his ear. I'm going to assume it's saying the Undertaker's kind of retired now. So, <laughs> so Teddy Long goes back into his general manager rule book and says, Undertaker not there. Tag team yeah. Tag team match! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And it wasn't the only positive thing on Raw. Um, I knew Cracker would love Teddy Long being back, but see, it was a belter of a main event. WWE title match, Drew McIntyre versus Who's He That Is That Chimpanzee, Keith Lee. Uh, it was really, really good stuff there. I mean, I haven't personally watched the match. Um, <laughs> the idea of Legends Night really didn't appeal to me. Um, especially when I found out there was no Carlito, I was like, nah, that's it, fuck this. <laughs> um, it's like, no Carlito, no Sarah, absolutely not. Um, yeah. so, but I have like seen like little, little just like gifts and everything that you see on Twitter. Um, like obviously the, 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 the lovely Spanish fly, you know, you can't go wrong with a Spanish fly, especially yeah. when you're Keith Lee. Um, but it's, it's just like, again, the small things, um, the, the whole after the match. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. And we're going to get into that. Yes. Yep. You can just tell the hmm, hmm, hmm. Because, like the, like the uncle who's banned from family parties for drinking too much, but always seems to show up in a cab at the wrong time when everyone's leaving at the end of the night. Uncle Bill, Bill Goldberg, uh, came out, cut a promo on how Drew McIntyre possibly a champion, I would say, who's been too respectful to everyone he's come up against, is disrespectful to legends. And he then said something like, oh, I'm not, don't think I'm here to to challenge you, but I'm here to challenge you <laughs> <laughs> for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, I think I, I heard it, you know, I was trying to go to sleep and I just heard the collective sigh of several million wrestling fans as their hope not to see Bill Goldberg again suddenly went away. Um, Sarah, hopefully this is the last we see of Bill Goldberg this year when Drew McIntyre beats him for the WWE title. I mean, let's hope that this is like a very quick squash match and that they're not going to do Drew a dirty um, like they did The Fiend or oh. Bray Wyatt. Like, let's just hope that they don't do it like that. Um, Because let's just face it, we know that Bill Goldberg has passed it. We all know it. And we don't know who keeps asking for him to come back to WWE TV, let alone have a title. Pritchard. Pritchard can go fuck himself. Right? (laughs) No, like, we don't want to see it. It's like, we don't want this. But let's just hope. We did make a a joke in the group chat saying that we hope that this is going to be very, very quick so that the Rumble match is going to have longer. But if I see Bill Goldberg, Come into the rumble after he's lost. I will rage, and I hope that yeah. Keith Lee just you know punts him out the ring. <laughs> the women's imagine when the women's rumble imagine Goldberg shows up. We've <laughs> got a better chance of Santina coming back and challenging Drew. I mean, that, I, I, love would, a I would not well. be mad at that. Santa, one can dream. <laughs> I mean, if I could get Carlito, why the hell could you not get Santina Morella? Why can you not get Santino? Quite good. We, 
we've seen <laughs> Ali cut this promo on Raw Talk where he was like, these guys have paved the road. When are you going to let me run on the road? Is this, does that phrase sum up everything that was wrong with not only Goldberg's appearance, but the farce that was Legends Night as a whole? Yeah. I mean, I read somewhere that what was meant to, I don't know how true this is, but if it is, let's hypothetically say this is true. Right. What was meant to happen was after the match, Drew was meant to cut a promo disrespecting the legends up the top. However, Raw had run out of time and they had to cut off the time for 11 o'clock. So there wasn't time for the promo, so they just played Goldberg's music. Goldberg comes out and he still cuts the promo as if Drew had done yeah. that promo on the Legends. So when he says you've been disrespecting Legends, the last time we saw Drew with the Legends was he was doing the whole Hulk Hogan brother vitamins and all that kind of stuff. And being very nice to them. And very, yeah. being very respectful. So I was just like, what, 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 But the thing is, why would you have Drew, who's meant to be your babyface champion, yes, mm-hmm. like cut a huge promo and Jeff Jarrett. It makes no sense to me. Because Jeff's done nothing stupid. wrong. Jeff's a very good people <laughs> panelist in my opinion. <laughs> like, I don't understand I love Jeff why Jarrett. you would have McIntyre put that I, I do yeah. like the memes going about when Drew said, fighting you will be like fighting my dad, and you're going to see the comparison between Drew's dad and Cole Park, the fact they both have the same beard and the same head type. I wish someone would put George Miz in where Goldberg is. <laughs> oh, someone's already on that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> fight you, you fight like Miz's dad. <laughs> Miz's dad, Miz's dad, Miz's dad. Is, is there any way Goldberg wins at Rumble? Oh, he's going to win it, you watch. <laughs> no. It's going to happen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, like, I've, I've learned from 2020, just say it and accept it, and it won't be as bad when it actually happens. I can that imagine me it, uh, See, if that happens, I think everyone will turn off the rumble. I'll genuinely start watching New Japan only. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, if Goldberg, How about you transition I'll, and watch Impact and uh, AEW every yes. week? I'll say this, if, if Goldberg beats Drew at the rumble, I will start just covering the other stuff for Stephen. You hear this here now, so it won't come as a surprise to you. You can't be upset with me because you've got plenty of warning. I won't be covering WWE stuff if Bill Goldberg, the fucking so old man, this is your final appearance on WWE-related stuff. Then it's good <sighs> knowing you, David. Could be. Still got a couple of weeks until the end of the month, like. I won't have it. Like, I genuinely. hope they don't Drew. If they do Drew dirty like that after he's basically carried the company through the COVID era, then there's genuinely something wrong. I don't think Alan would cope with it. I, I genuinely think Alan would look as no, I, I think Alan would. I think he would actually smash his TV. Yeah, and probably Aye. cry for a he's long time. He's the biggest, biggest Drew fan in the the, the show. Yeah. I'd say. Um, we'd nah, all be raging. Nope. Obviously, we'd all be raging. Well, we're ending this show angry, because that's what we want to do. So if you're angry too, and you don't want to see Goldberg uh, win at the Royal Rumble, then you tweet us being angry, all right? You tweet us being angry, and we can all be angry together. I want you to thank Sarah. Was this a fun show back? Oh, it was a great show to, you know, get back into the swing of things. It's my first ever Central as well, which is quite weird. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. 
I love it's this. Good. It's nice and cozy in here, you know, good cushions. It's nice and cozy. It's a cool thing. Kwaku. Kwaku, did you have a fun time today talking oh, talking all the things? Oh, I did. I always have fun. Fun's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. good. Well, guys, we're going to round it off there. Uh, don't forget to check out Bat Catalog. Check out everything. Features Central from me. It's goodbye from the team. Goodbye. And from Santana. <laughs> There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in the show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.